The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to listen to Jesus, but the Pharisees and the scribes began to complain, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So to them he addressed this parable. What man among you having a hundred sheep and losing one of them would not leave the 99 in the desert and go after the one until he finds it? And when he does find it, he sets it on his shoulders with great joy. And upon his arrival home, he calls together his friends and neighbors and says to them, rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. I tell you, in just the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who have no need of repentance. Or what woman, having 10 coins and losing one, would not light a lamp and sweep the house, searching carefully until she finds it? And when she does find it, she calls together her friends and neighbors and says to them, Rejoice with me, I have found the coin that I lost. In just the same way, I tell you there will be rejoicing among the angels of God over one sinner who repents. The Gospel of the Lord. The Lord be with you. I hope everyone's having a, a, a great Sunday morning. Thanks for being here, all you kiddos, getting up so early. It's a beautiful day to also remember 9-11 uh, and all those who lost their lives that day and families that are still suffering the loss of their loved ones. The gospel today has a, a little moment in Jesus's life when he started doing things that were really stirring up the city of Jerusalem. He was by now known as a, as a rabbi who was teaching many things, and yet he didn't act like any other rabbi. One of the things Jesus would do would be to go into the homes of public sinners and share a meal with them. That was not something a good Jewish person would have done, Often uh, when we hear the stories now, because of 2,000 years, we, we might forget what it would have been like. But when Jesus would tell a parable about two men going to the temple, and he would say one was a Pharisee and one was a tax collector. And right away in our minds, we hear Pharisee, we think bad person, and the tax collector, we think he was humble, so he's the good person in the story. But in the time of Jesus, a Pharisee would have been someone who truly was following God's law, was keeping firm his faith and his religion and trying to be a good person, tax collectors were certainly very despicable people at the time. You see, these were Jewish men who were actually helping the Romans to collect taxes. The Roman Empire, which had taken over the, the Holy Land, would have needed help to know who was who and to speak the languages and to gather taxes. So these were men who were betraying their country, but also betraying their religion because paying taxes to the emperor, Caesar, was 
paying taxes and giving money to someone who considered himself God on earth. So it was also a form of idolatry to be sending money to Rome. And so for Jesus to be hanging out with tax collectors uh, wasn't a welcome thing for many of the Jewish population. So I was thinking of a painting that I wanted to show you today from a painter from the Netherlands during the Renaissance named Dirk Boots. He uh, has a, you can kind of tell it looks like a painting from the northern part of Europe, but it's very much part of the Renaissance. This is the painting of Christ in the home of Simon the Pharisee. Oh, let's just go over the figures here. There's on the bottom left corner, there's the sinful woman who's coming in to anoint the feet of Jesus with her tears and the perfume and dry them with her hair. Jesus is there blessing her and in the middle is Simon the Pharisee. Next to Simon is Saint Peter. Next to Peter is Saint John. And then you have a, a figure there that's a little hard to understand. It's a Dominican monk which certainly wasn't there in the original story but this was painted for a Dominican monastery so it was to invite the, the monks and the nuns who were Dominicans to contemplate and pray and meditate on the scene. That's why John the Evangelist is looking at the monk saying, you know, look at what Jesus is doing, learn from this. Now the colors are very important in the Renaissance painting. Jesus has the color brown, the color of the earth, the color of humility. Simon is wearing green. And when I was uh, preparing my homily, I forgot I would be wearing green today. So uh, just disregard the green that I'm wearing. Green is not the color of holiness. It's the color of, we say, green with envy, right? Or someone who might be very sick might have a, a pale green complexion. But green is also the color of the reptiles. And the serpent in Genesis was a reptile. And so the color green can be uh, a symbol of the devil, so this is not flattering for Simon to be decked out in green today. Next to him, Peter and John are, are, have red. John has a lot of red. He was the apostle who stood at the foot of the cross and saw the blood of Christ poured out for us. And Peter was, wasn't as close. He was afraid, so he was at a distance. So he's only half red. The woman is wearing green but she's being clothed now with a, with a red cloak. She's being forgiven by the blood of Christ. The table is an interesting setup. It's actually painted as an altar. Dierk Boots did this in a few of his paintings. He would bring in the Catholic mass to the image. So there's bread and wine. Jesus is not consuming any of that. He has his hand on the altar because he provides the meal, the bread and wine, his body and blood. And the fish, which is there, is a symbol of Christ because the ancient Christians, the word for fish in Greek had an acronym that you could make from that word, which would say, Jesus Christ, Son of God, Savior. That's where the fish comes from. Now, there's a few gestures that are happening here. Simon is not happy that this sinful woman has come into his home. She's made, in his mind, his home impure. 
For a Jewish person, you couldn't touch someone who was sinful or something that wasn't holy, and you'd have to spend, uh, go through a purification process to once again enter into the temple. So he's not really excited about this fact. Let's, close, let's look at the woman for a moment. I think this is Dierick's best part in the painting. She's a woman, you can tell she's been sobbing deeply. And she's almost gasping for breath as she, as she uh, holds back her sobs and her tears now as she's touching Jesus. You can imagine her life before. Who knows what it was she had been doing. Most likely it was barely even her fault. She was probably uh, not really in control of many things in her life. But she knew she wanted mercy. She wanted to be touched by God. Peter, if we look at Peter, he has a funny expression. He's got a hand up. He sees what's happening. And he points to the fish on the table. Peter had a moment when he came to the foot of Christ. Remember the story of Peter when he was out fishing and Jesus says, let's go out for a fish. And the boat is filled with a a multitude of fish and Peter's so shocked by knowing and realizing that God is in his boat that he falls to his knees and says, depart from me, I'm a sinful man. Peter is realizing that this woman is having that same moment And he knows Jesus is not going to leave her. Now there's a a symbolism here under the table. The only one wearing shoes is Simon the Pharisee. He's got these funny red boots on. Everyone else is barefoot. Biblically, symbolically. Do you remember the story of Moses when he saw the burning bush? And he heard the voice say to him, remove your sandals, you are on holy ground. To remove your sandals and symbolically in the Bible is to recognize that you are near God. Simon has no clue that God is sitting at his table. He's so focused on himself and his own perfectionism, his own being faithful to all the rules, he thinks he's got it made. He's so confident in himself, he doesn't even need God. If we look at this painting, perhaps you can find yourself somewhere in the painting. All of us need mercy. We can be that woman there coming close to Christ. Perhaps we're like Peter or John and we've had some past moment of God's mercy and we need to recognize like they do that we need to help as many people to understand that the church is a place of mercy, that God has come to earth not to condemn us, but to save us. In Jesus' parable, he says about the lost sheep, that if there's a hundred sheep and he loses one, he's going to do everything he can to get that last sheep. Jesus' message to all of us today is, I don't want to lose you. Perhaps some of us might actually be more like Simon the Pharisee. Maybe we're either such a holy roller that we sort of do everything on our own and kind of forget how much we need God and sort of look down on the world. Or maybe we're just indifferent. We don't even realize how much we need God and God is daily coming to us to wake us up. Well, wherever you're at in the painting today, open your heart to Christ. To be a Christian and to be a Christian church means to do everything we can to welcome as many people into this building, this holy ground, so that they can experience 
our Lord's mercy and love and hear him say, I don't want to lose you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.